Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo. We're joining you on Sunday night at about 9.15 after the Dallas Mavericks just completed perhaps their most thrilling and insane come-from-behind victory that I can remember. I don't want to say maybe ever, but maybe ever. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. That was quite the game. Uh, I think just to let I don't know how you're editing this podcast but I feel like the listeners should know that you're so <laughs> jacked up about this game that we've you've had to like restart the intro about three or four times which is appropriate you should be jacked up this was a this was a significant game uh I think coming off the jazz loss and how this game looked for about 75 percent of it I mean there were you know there were not good thoughts happening I'm sure I tried to stay off Twitter for most of this game uh and i but i can only imagine you know if they would have lost if they would have ended up losing this game by 15 to 20 you know starting the all-star break losing two games to playoff teams like that's you know gets everyone in a bad headspace you start asking questions like is the matter how good is this team you know a lot of not fun thoughts and what do you know they go on like a 26 to 1 run and they beat one of the best teams in the nba uh on the road and just crazy bananas yeah and sorry sorry for that noise my dog decided now was an opportune time to drink (laughs) water out of his bowl but that's just sort of the way these these podcasts go i i i gotta be honest i it's kind of a rough start to the game and when the mavericks turn the ball over like that much i sort of mentally tune out because i mean they committed their, their first half turnovers they had to have committed at least 12 if not more, and I'm not, we should probably have some of these numbers on hand, but one of the things is just really crazy sort of watching that, that element of this. And I I, I'm mentally prepared to say, okay, what are we going to talk about on the pod tonight? What could they do differently? Like the Warriors are a very good defense, like very good defense. And, you know, Luca played probably his worst passing game of his NBA career. He, uh, finished with nine turnovers and two assists. I doubt, I, I without looking at the box score, I, I feel, you know, injury game asides, there might not be any other games where he finished worse than this. It's really uh, uh, something in terms of assists to, to turnover percentage. And the Warriors were baiting him into jump passes, which, I mean, just really good stuff because the Warriors are a good team. Uh, Gary Payton II was just absolutely in his head for portions of the game it was it was really something to watch i i so i, I kind of tuned out by the the i mean the warriors were up 21 points within three minutes of the start of the third so at that point i you know i was sitting there eating a burrito bowl and i'm just like I, okay you know I'm, I'm not gonna get mad you know it's just it's one of these games luke has a hard time coming back from from any time off apparently was that was the thing like we were just discussing <laughs> um and you know we're gonna chalk this up oh we started honestly we all started mentally preparing for the lakers game why don't you throw in that little that that text you got because i think that's an incredible story wait wait what are you saying you got a text in the game about the upcoming game against the oh, Lakers. Oh yeah, were... it was a, someone just in my mentions. Uh, oh, just re- yeah, it was in my mentions. Someone replied and was just like, "Boy, you know, down twenty, and uh, he think he was like uh, off day, Luca birthday in L.A. Like, <laughs> it does not bode well for like the next game because Luca's birthday's tomorrow. They play the Lakers uh, Tuesday, so Luca will be spending his twenty third birthday in L.A. So 
there was a very there were some like i said if they lost this game there was going to be some real negative thoughts uh going into that lakers game and uh yeah it was crazy uh, in terms of how they did it i mean it's it, i mean it starts and ends with this game i feel like turnovers uh when they're it feels really dumb to to simplify it this much but it was like when the mavericks were turning the ball over the they were getting destroyed and when they stopped they were when they outplayed the warriors like uh when this was a half court game in the fourth quarter the warriors offense just looked like it had no idea what it wanted to do and that makes a lot of sense because you know they're missing clay thompson uh which i you know has to be mentioned uh and you know they're playing some guys up or two uh, a rung up the ladder than they normally would and i think a lot of it was easy for them in the first half and some of the third quarter because the mavericks were just giving them opportunities I mean, the fact that the Warriors only finished with 15 points off the Mavericks turnovers feels like a mirage because I feel like... How many points? 15. No way. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. So they just failed to convert. Yeah. And well, and they failed to convert, but then also the Mavericks just stopped giving them the opportunities, I think, in the fourth quarter. I don't have Mm -hmm. fourth quarter turnovers in front of me, but I mean, it was a half-court game. And, you know, the Warriors offense can look really good. Uh, at times and you know a lot of it revolves around Steph and and then the role players kind of filling in and hitting shots but it can get gunked up when when you want to slow the game down uh you know I don't necessarily you know they don't necessarily have a ton of half court options outside of Steph you know Wiggins is supposed to be that in-between guy for them to to help them get buckets when when things are clogged up if Steph is getting doubled and he did really nothing in the fourth quarter uh Jordan Poole is like their spark plug off the bench he missed all seven of his shots um, I think the Mavericks defense really like there. It was really shaky at times, but once they made it half court game, I don't think the Warriors could respond. They couldn't adjust, and and the Mavericks just kind of stormed away with it in the fourth quarter. I mean, stormed away with it isn't really yeah. doing it enough justice <laughs> yeah, because I know. you know there was this technical foul on Kaminga, who like Josh Green took this really. <laughs> really weird like layup like something or other attempt and Kaminga jumped so high like his head was above the back like it was his head was above the rim it's like one of those that's why he was like a top 10 like he's a he's a 99th percentile athlete and then the Mavericks had a free throw and like at that point that was really when I started paying attention because they're running this lineup with Luca on the bench I'm yes. pretty sure, like, like the entire yes, that's what got the, back into the game. Was the entire game. run was Luca on the bench, and you know, I, I'm I'm a guy who I I I've really tried hard to be fair about Josh Green because I, realistically, I'm 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 always I'm just never going to be able to get out of my head that there were other guys around him that the Mavericks that could have been a different kind of useful to the Mavericks earlier. So it's like I watch all of this with that bias in mind. Like I'm not going to lie to people; it's just in my head all the time. Yeah, and Tyrese Maxey had an awesome game. This oh, uh, this there's just like a lot of like, people <laughs> who are really good around that area, and he's yeah, he's the help. least impact. He's one of the least impactful players of that group of guys in the draft. That is what it is. But he's in the game, and he's playing pretty good defense. He scores two like just riotously unathletic looking below the rim layups because the Warriors at this point had kind of. I don't think they knew what was happening because, like, they were they up took by the foot off the gas. They just re like it was the most maverickish performance I've ever seen from another team. And, and um, Steph was out for like five minutes, uh, and, and it's just yeah. the game just got out of hand. Where it was the classic, um, they're unable to get out of the quicksand that they yes. stepped in. 
Yes, exactly. The rim got tight, like like without looking, or if you if you may you might already know this. How what percentage from three do you think the Warriors shot for the game? Oh, I'm already I'm looking at it, so you can. I mean, twenty eight percent, and a lot of those looks. I mean, they missed a ton of looks in the fourth quarter, yeah. and it was. Ugh. And Kaminga I mean, missed really a wide open dunk. I mean, they oh, that wide open dunk was enormous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Looney or uh, Belicia missed like a couple of easy layups too. Like, I mean, they they just kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. And I think they saw that bench unit. And I wonder if they're like, okay, the game's over. Like, Luca's not in. I mean, they're playing Josh Green and they're, you know, they're playing, you know, this kind of end of the bench lineup. Bertans is in. Uh, all right, we got we got this. And, you know, Steph's not in. That's okay. Let's let the end of the bench get some run. Uh, before this game's over and we'll and we'll tidy it up and you know credit to the mavericks those those bench guys they just did not let up i mean they just well those bench guys like it's kind of doing an under like, it's kind of i don't know how to talk about how good spencer Dinwiddie yeah we have man. to get to dinwiddie like uh, he is the the kind of alpha and omega behind the 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 reason this run kept going you know the mavericks are also doing some really cool like they stopped playing big men they went to yes. a pure five out Maxi Kleba, go have a seat because you have been unplayable. Dwight Powell, you're not particularly useful. You know, Davis Bertans briefly ran center, and this game could have gotten even more out of hand if he just would have hit an open look. Yes. Um, but then there's it, – it's it's Spencer. So try to talk about Spencer in a way that's rational because I, I just don't know how to do it. Like, he has been unbelievable these past two games. So I think everyone's going to remember the fourth quarter, which, you know, they should. He scored 10 points in the fourth quarter on four or five shooting, hit both of his threes, uh, had two assists. I mean, he was tremendous. But to me, the thing I'm going to remember at this game is what Dinwiddie did in the first half. Um, the Mavericks shot 43% from the floor, and Dinwiddie was five of seven. I mean, you kind of looking up and down the first half box score, and – it was him like Luca was three of 10, six first half turnovers. I mean, this game was a 12 point game at halftime, but Dinwiddie was five of seven from the floor. He scored 12 points, three assists, a steal, couple of rebounds, got to the free throw line three times. I mean, if Dinwiddie isn't, and when you're coming off the bench and, and the game's already kind of getting out of hand, like I have to imagine it's difficult to get yourself into the game. Like, you know, as a bench player in the NBA, I'm sure it is difficult to just, get up off the bench and get into a game and like you have to adjust and, and figure out the flow and all that kind of stuff. And then to come into a game where the Mavericks were just getting run off the floor, it felt like in the first, uh, you know, 12 to, to 24 minutes, like that's gotta be even tougher. So credit to him. Like, I don't think the Mavericks win this game. Like not only if Dinwiddie just doesn't have a great game overall, but I don't think they win this game. If he wasn't as good as he was in those 14 first half minutes he played. I mean, he was tremendous in keeping the team somewhat attached. I mean, if it like just imagine the the mindset of the of the game or how the game goes if it's a 25-28 halftime lead instead of 12, which I true I mean that might be overstating it, but I truly believe that's what it would have been if Dinwiddie wasn't as good as he was in those mm -hmm. 14 first half minutes. I mean, he was so good just being steady and getting to the basket. Um and he was he he was seemingly the only ball handler not bothered by the the warriors length because they do have a lot of long perimeter defenders and i think he he was adjusted pretty well to it and yep. then in the fourth i mean then in the second half he was par also part of that he spearheaded that bench unit without luca that brought them back in i mean he was 
his fingerprints were over the entire game. Like the, yep. they, they would have got blown out if it wasn't for his first half performance, and they wouldn't have made the comeback without what he did in, in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was just it was amazing. It, you know, there's been. I'm just gonna make this joke. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about whether Spencer Dinwiddie is Jalen Brunson insurance. I think we need to start asking the question: Is Jalen Brunson Spencer Dinwiddie insurance? Because, <laughs> like. Uh, Jalen's had some pretty amazing games this year, but I do not recall in the, and and there's got to have been some, but at the moment I'm not remembering, you know, outside of the first 20 games where Brunson really carried the load for, for the Mavericks as they got, you know, him, this is the first time a Mavericks role player in a couple of weeks that I'm really thinking of has come alive like this and made kind of the game winning difference because at least since Porzingis was traded, it's been all Luke all the time. Um, Yeah. And seeing that from him, from um, from Spencer these past two games has been really, really something. I yeah. I don't know. Like I'm gonna have to watch those those two quarters again because some of the shots he's making are weird, and I don't know whether that's his game because I don't know his game well enough. I'm just not gonna lie. Um, he, he <laughs> a couple of like mid rangey shots that were so like like guy you scream at at pickup for taking these kind of shots to just go in. And then he hit that. He was it a three pointer from Luca to yeah, really kind of seal the game. Yep. yep. I mean, he's not a three point shooter. He's he's he seems to be much more confident off the dribble than he is catching and shooting, which you know is also Luca's thing. I, I don't know. I'm rambling at this point because I don't I don't really know how to discuss this game because I've just not seen anything like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, to help with the didn't like what how did didn't what he do what he did? Yeah, he made some pretty. You know, difficult shots, but uh, that bench unit, uh, and then when Curry stepped in, I think what the Mavericks did really well was the Warriors put their worst defender on Josh Green, and Josh Green was screening for Dinwiddie on the ball for a couple. Like I don't know how many possessions he did it, but I at least saw it like two or three times. Mm-hmm. And he was screening for Dinwiddie and basically forcing the Warriors to switch whoever their worst defender was on the floor onto Dinwiddie, and then Dinwiddie just kind of went to work. Do that again. Uh, Just yeah. run that. Like, yeah. like, and they kept up with Curry because Curry was guarding Green uh, until Luca came back in. And I specifically saw a possession where Green screened for Dinwiddie, got Curry onto Dinwiddie, and Dinwiddie scored. Or I don't know if Dinwiddie scored, but they got like a wide open corner three because he, you know, he was able to drive past Curry and and compromise the defense. Like uh, the Mavericks were very. Think about how terrible they were uh the other night friday night against utah in attacking like the weak points of a defense you know they like luca just kind of battering rammed his way into into rudy gobert over and over and over again despite you know that not being a good matchup like this was the total opposite like they were they were making sure to avoid the warriors good defenders and they were they were making sure luca and dinwiddie were always getting screened uh the, their defenders getting screened off them and going to work against a mismatch. And of course, you know, the five out offense helped with that a lot as well. Cause I don't know, I don't know if the Warriors closed with Looney, but I mean, they were either making him defend in space more than he, he normally does, or they forced the Warriors to go small. I'll need to rewatch it. But uh, it was, I mean, it was night and day like coaching uh, in, the, in this fourth quarter compared to the Jazz one. If we want to say it was coaching or, or Luca was just smarter, whichever one it is, it was just execution wise, it was it was like a mirror result. It was, it was crazy how much better they were today. Mm-hmm. Well, and the Mavericks beyond the turnovers, the Mavericks also overcame a lot of their own missteps. Yeah. Um, Luca with another technical, if we're going to be 
critical. Like he now has 13 technicals in 46 games, which is just, he's got to not, he he can't, he's got to stop. I get why he gets frustrated. I really, really do. But it's, he, he's going to, it's going to take years for him to change a reputation if he's going to. So like, and then Davis Bertans got one from the bench and it's just, you know, like the, the, I'm glad the Mavericks won in the, in the, in the respect of, I'm glad that we don't have to point to any of those kind of mistakes as what held them back from winning like a crazy comeback win so yeah and uh i i could tell we're probably wrapping it up soon but i think another thing we have to talk about is i mean you mentioned it like uh you know not playing pal and not playing kleba down the stretch like those two guys they were giving them nothing i mean they finished the game combined for two points on uh one of seven shooting uh maxi continues to be mia uh, since the all-star break started and i you know, pal, pal was good against the Jazz, but he was just not good tonight. And I, I give the coaching staff, kid, you know, co- coaches, whoever it was, it was, you know, kid is the, you know, head coach. It's, it's, it lays on his feet. Right. Like the fact that he was able to just be like, you know what? No, like these guys are sucking the wind out of, you know, out of our energy. Like they're just not doing it. Let's just play the five best players who are playing right now. And that's what yep. he did. And I don't want to like make comparisons, you know, cause we've, we've we watched 10 years of rick carlos kind of you know stubbornness to to certain things uh you know kind of fester into our brains so this was just like a breath of fresh air to just be like you know what you know why do we have to play a big especially against this warriors team that is not good on the boards like they're not going to kill you on the offensive class uh especially without draymond um you know like there wasn't really a disadvantage like looney is not the type of guy that's going to kill you if you go small and outside of that, they don't really play any other bigs. Uh, so it was just smart. It was just good coaching. And, and Pal and Maxi just did not bring it. They had not, they offered really nothing uh, this game. And he just played the guys that were actually doing stuff. Uh, the five guys that were doing the most stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and that's what, you know, just as much as Dinwiddie and the turnovers, that's also what won him the game. Uh, Dorian had three points uh, at halftime. He finished with 14. Mm-hmm. And I think that small ball like really helped him as well. Like he he contributed because he had to make plays if they were going to go that small and him at the five. Uh, and he was able to come through with it. He was able to make the shots that they needed. Well, he's more dangerous as a cutter, I think, yeah. as a four than he is as a three. Um, and I, I don't really have anything to back that up other than the fact that I think whoever's guarding him isn't quite ready for that much movement out of a guy who's playing like a facade of a five or a four. But Dorian has these very awesome cuts that are like, they're not baseline cuts, but they're also not cuts to the elbow. Like he cuts in that in-between area and often gets the ball at like 12 feet out where all he has to do is take one dribble going at the paint where he can get a shot up. And he he's just been doing some really nice stuff there. Josh Green also has those sorts of, of of movement. And you know, this is sort of the the evolution to the garbage that we were seeing in the first 15 games where we're like, why are they doing some of this cutting? And the answer now, you know, nearly 60 games, or is it over 60 games? I don't even know anymore. This far mm-hmm. into the season, it's like, you know, playing together and getting used to, you know, moving around a little more. We're seeing a lot of, of, of fruit from that early labor, which is something. Um, I'm curious as to if they can go small against certain kinds of teams coming up. Like, I would have liked to have seen them do this against the Jazz, to be honest, because 
you're gonna get out rebounded by by um by Gobert. You're the 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 matter um the Lakers on 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 the next game they play is going to be kind of a similar deal where you know LeBron's probably playing some five you know do you really want Dwight Powell out there like I'm going to be interested to see if they do a little more of this like absolute extreme mini ball I mean it's not really mini ball because the you know yeah, if Dorian's Brunson, seven you know yeah if and, and if Brunson's not on the floor because Brunson's like the small one but if if Brunson's not on the floor then basically they're playing everyone that's like six four to six seven like that's like a you know it's it's it kind of like a this is a terrible comparison but the thing that comes to mind is like a legion of boom like Seattle uh, football defense from years ago it's like all these guys are big and physical and do things within like a certain range and I know that that comp's terrible but it's just sort of what's in my head at the moment where if you're switching and moving everything and then you're you're confident in your defensive rotations and you just understand that you're going to give up the occasional dunk because of size then you you just you you live with it and and the defense was really bad for two and a half quarters and then all of a sudden it wasn't and I, I I just don't understand what changed. I'm gonna have to watch it again. Yeah. Oh, I mean, not giving the ball to them every other possession helps you, <laughs> helps your defense, which is what they were doing in the first half. Um, but yeah, all, all good points. Uh, I agree. And you know, it's very fitting that they did this against the Warriors, who are the team that like you know they were the ones who kind of started the hey, what if we just didn't play a traditional center for you know, to close out a game. So the fact that the Mavericks did that against the Warriors is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hopefully this carries them on. This is a very tough schedule they got. So this is, I mean, this is really great to maybe galvanize the team a little bit. Um, and, and we'll see where they go from here. But yeah, I, it's just, <laughs> just a crazy game. I'm, I, I'm surprised we were able to talk this clearly about it. Cause I mean, I'm just still kind of flabbergasted that it even happened. So I don't know. Well, and it's the sort of game where our, our staff is like rewriting stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, everyone everyone of... had their recaps and stats yeah. picked out. Yeah, yeah. A lot of deleting of posts tonight. Right. Which just, you know, that happens during stuff like this. Well, yeah. this is a big one. Keeps the Mavericks kind of hoisted in that fifth spot for at least another day because uh, the Nuggets are yeah. surging. If they um, lost this, they would have been in uh, sixth. I yeah. Think. Just a firm Mavericks sixth game, place so. thing. Um, let's see here. So they play just sort of thinking about the next couple of days. They play the Lakers. I want to say Tuesday TNT late game. It's the last late game of the regular season. Uh, the rest of these games, God, there's a lot of earlier start times the rest of the year, which is something. Um, and they play the Warriors again on Thursday. So not going to be, you know, they, they need to be prepared to play. You know, getting this win was pretty important because, you know, if you, if you lose the, the – let's just put it like this. We were kind of looking and wondering quietly were the Mavericks going to lose four straight coming out of All-Star break. That's, that was where my head was. <laughs> yeah. And now I don't have to worry about that. So, yeah. And Clay will probably be back for that game. So getting this one uh, is huge. Uh, that's exactly right they'll be they'll they'll be pissed off that next game i'm sure so it's good to get this one in but yeah crazy win um okay so you and i will be back definitely on tuesday night which is late mm-hmm. um all you know i'm hosting a green room 10 minutes after we're done with this and then we may have kind of a moneyball minute on tuesday morning uh just to see if there's any more you know newsy related stuff that that comes out of the next several days we'll see what did uh, luca do on his birthday <laughs> right i know i really want to know that um, minute. 
the if you hop over to Mavs Moneyball, by the time you're hearing this podcast, there's going to be at least two things up. We'll see if anybody else wants to write anything else. Um, really exciting win and a great way to start the week. So this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow, and we will talk to you guys in the coming days.